0: Radiant. Faith, hope, love and life. You're listening to The Journey.
1: Good day everyone. Thanks for tuning into The Journey. Well, I hope you're all staying really warm. We've had snow falling all over the place in recent weeks. We seem to have skipped autumn and gone straight into winter in many places around Australia. So I hope you're somewhere nice and warm as you tune into The Journey today. And I'm joined this week by Jude. How are you, Jude?
2: Great, mate. Yes, I'm going real well. Mind you, I've, uh, I've escaped a fair bit of the cold in the last week or so. I've been up on the Gold Coast going to a conference, it was the Australian Christian Broadcasting Conference, and uh, there were people from radio stations, Christian radio stations from all around the country there, so I've had a bit of a respite from the, the cold. Oh, have you ever? Yeah, <laughs> but also had the opportunity to catch up with some fantastic people who are doing great work right around the country spreading the gospel, and hopefully getting the journey into quite a few more radio stations so that, uh, you know, that can be part of their programming wherever they are right around the country. That means that all these people that are currently listening in by podcast or via the live stream. Well, they can they can hear it in their local region live on air, which would be fantastic.
1: Sounds great, Jude. The show's growing in popularity week by week.
2: It really is, you know, yeah. mate. And and the Australian Catholic bishops have uh, all been promoting the show right around the country, in schools and in agencies. And uh, right. you know, they're going to take it on board. You know, via via the website at uh, at various radio stations. But it'd be great to get it played in as many regions as possible. That'd be fantastic.
1: What are you burn up to this week, mate? Well, the usual, I've been very busy with work, but I had a great Japanese meal last night, hung out mm. with a couple of friends. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Oh, you, I love the Japanese food. Yeah. They're not from the same church as myself, but I tell you what, it was great to be with them and have the sort of dialogue that we can have. And I think really the Christian churches are getting closer and closer together.
2: Oh, without a doubt, mate. Absolutely without a doubt. And you know, part of the, the show this week, we've got uh, Sam Clear coming on. We've been speaking about this interview for a little while. Sam's one of our, our newest presenters on The Journey, and he walked around the world um, over the period of around about 20-something months. You know, yep. I can't remember the exact figure, but he walked 22,000 kilometres <laughs> for Christian unity. And we're going to hear his story today and what he's seeing has, has been the key features of, of a growing sense of a need for Christian unity right around the world. So I can't wait for that. Let's get into it, eh? Faith, hope, love and life. You're on The Journey.
0: Faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. Here's Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey.
3: I had the happiness once of staying on a reservation belonging to the Native Americans of the Crow tribe in Montana, USA. I heard many wonderful stories. Let me tell you one of them. As part of the initiation for a young boy on his road to manhood, the young lad had to spend a whole night on his own in the forest. He could take nothing with him, No bow or arrow, no food, no blanket, no comfort or protection of any kind. If the lad managed to survive the night, then he was seen as a man and was acclaimed and fully initiated into the tribe. He was a source of great pride to his family. If he did not stay the distance, then he was seen as a coward and marked out as such for the rest of his life. He was a disgrace to his family. There was a lot riding on this night in the forest. One such lad set off to spend his night alone in the woods. You can imagine what it was like. The poor boy was terrified. Every noise brought the image of a huge bear looking to tear him apart. Every howl of the wolf sent shivers down his spine. Every creak of a twig brought the prospect of the dreaded forest demons scouring the woods to devour him. Absolutely beside himself with fear, he backed himself up against a tree and finally fell into a fitful sleep. When morning came, things looked a little bit different, and the lad was brave enough to move. He looked behind the tree, and there was his father with his bow and arrow. His son meant more to him than any initiation. He didn't care if he had a coward or not for a son. His concern was for his son. God's like that with you and me. He doesn't care if we deserve his love or not. He doesn't care if we have a clean soul or a dirty one. He doesn't care how many mistakes we make. He doesn't care whether we are successes or failures. What he does care about is us. We actually do not have to jump through hoops to have God care about us. We just have to let him love us. I pray all the time for you, the people who listen to these broadcasts. I'm especially going to pray this week for any of you out there who have yet to understand how close God is to you, despite what you think of yourself.
0: Together on The Journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness.
2: You're listening to The Journey. We just heard from Sister Hilda Scott with her wisdom from the Abbey and a great little reflection. And it's great to have Sister Hilda on the show each and every week.
4: You're listening to The Journey with Dave and Dodsey from the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong on Cradio.com.
0: You're listening to The Journey. Music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
1: Welcome back to The Journey. Hope you're enjoying the show today wherever you are right around the country, either live through your local Christian radio, online or via podcast. Well, it's time for an interview that Jude did with Sam Clear. He's one of our newest presenters on The Journey, and he has a segment called Walking the Walk. Over to you, Jude. How'd the interview go?
2: Well, mate, I'll let you and, and our listeners be the judge of that. Needless to say, I'm, I'm a very big fan of Sam Clears. I'm lucky enough to call him a mate, really. And and just like him, I'm really passionate about Christian unity. And I think all of our listeners will be enthralled with what Sam has to say about Christian unity and this incredible walk for one that he did through, well, right around the world, effectively.
1: Okay, let's get into it.
2: We're joined now on the journey by Mr. Sam Clear, and Sam's got an amazing story and has become a regular contributor for us on the program, The Journey, with his segment, Walking the Walk. Sam, it's great to have you on the journey, mate. Thanks for joining us.
5: Thanks, Jude. It's great to be here with you.
2: Sam, tell us a little bit about your background and where you're from, mate.
5: Well, I actually grew up on Flinders Island out in Bass Strait, a pretty remote kind of upbringing, Uh, given a lot of free reign as a child to roam where I, I wanted to. We, my family moved to central Tasmania when I was eight years old mm. and I went to St. Pat's College in Launceston. I have a degree in mechanical engineering from the University of Tasmania. Uh, I'm now am based up in Sydney though, that's where I, I work from. There's uh, mm. a number of years Youth Mission Team Australia and now work with Harvest Pilgrimages and doing a lot of speaking engagements uh, around Australia and New Zealand.
2: Now Sam, you're obviously a man of faith and, uh, and you're very passionate about Christian unity. Can you tell us first of all just a little bit about your faith journey and, and your relationship with Christ?
5: Yeah, well, Jude, the funny thing was where I grew up on Flinders Island, the service we had at church was run by two presentation sisters, Mm. two nuns. Um, There was no priest on the island. I used to go to a service, a Lutheran service with my grandmother, and then my mum would take me to the the Catholic church. Uh, The interesting thing was it only went for half an hour, but no one went home afterwards. Mm. Everyone would hang around for about two hours and share lunch together. So I grew up with this great sense of community
2: and Sam, what about some watershed moments in your faith, you know, where you really came to embrace your own your own faith? When did that happen for you?
5: Yeah, as a teenager, I struggled with the whole concept of whether or not Jesus was who he said he was. Mm. Uh, I never really doubted. My faith was always there. I believed that God existed, but, mm. you know, was Jesus who we, we believe he used to be through Scripture? And it wasn't until I got to university that I began to actually look into it to pray about it and to do a lot of research ask a lot of questions and thankfully was surrounded by quite a few people who were willing to answer those hard questions Mm. once i had actually i guess recognized that yes i believe that jesus was the son of god i was then able to i think lay my life down Mm. and just give that simple yes and, and let god take over
2: i think that's a journey that every single one of us needs to take at some point in our life sam and for you and maybe it's got to do with your university experience It then translated to this desire for for Christian unity too. Now, can you tell us a little bit about that?
5: Well, while I was at university, there were a lot of Christians trying to evangelize each other because they didn't believe that students around them were proper Christians because they went to a particular church that Mm. they completely disagreed with. And the witness of it was horrific to the non-Christians. They saw all the Christians fighting one another. So it was always there in the back of my mind of what do all the other Christians teach. So I was always interested in it. In time, as I worked as a missionary uh, over on the mainland, I started to be invited into meetings, and often I was asked to leave meetings because of the church I went to. At other times, they were looking to me to back them up.
2: Now, Sam, I've been saying for some weeks now to listeners of The Journey that we're going to have you on the show and, and interview you about this Walk for One that you did for Christian Unity um it was an amazing experience for you, I know. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what the walk for one was all about and, and how it came about?
5: Okay, well, Jesus prays in John 17 for the complete unity of people of faith. So those of us who believe in Jesus, that we'd be united completely mm. so that the world would see. So those who don't believe in, in Jesus would believe that the Father has loved us as he's loved the Son. Mm. It's basically a tool of evangelization. I couldn't even get my Christian friends to pray for unity. They just wanted to argue. The walk was almost soapboxing. It was a way of making a statement doing something really difficult that hurt a lot, and it it got attention. I simply stopped in every single church I passed along the way and invited them to pray for each other. So I had to learn uh, nine languages while crossing 22 countries. Uh, I walked from Brazil to Spain over... 568 days, 19 months 15,500 kilometres on foot Um, nearly lost my life about 11 times, thereabouts, depends how you want to define nearly losing your life, there's probably 50 occasions when it wasn't particularly nice Uh Uh, everything from pumas to scorpions to guns to my head uh, robbed at knife point, bedroom invasions lots of sickness, hospitalisation arrested a few times Uh, It's a very difficult journey but a very simple mission Uh simply to pray for unity and invite people to pray for unity.
2: Well Sam It sounds like an amazing story We're going to go to a break now We're going to listen to some music
4: You're listening to The Journey With Dave and Dodsey From the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong On cradio.org.au
0: Together on The Journey Faith, hope and love For life in all its fullness
2: Welcome back to The Journey And we've got an interview this morning With Sam Clear And Sam walked around the world for Christian Unity He's got a segment on The Journey Called Walk the Walk It's great to have you here Thanks for joining us, Sam. Great being here. Good on you, mate. Now, listen, we were just talking about how you came to walk from Brazil all the way to Spain, across 22 countries, all the languages you learnt. Sam, what stick out as a, as a couple of just amazing events? There must be so many. It's hard to make you pick just a couple. What are a couple of things that stick out in your mind about the journey?
5: There are, I mean, the extraordinary moments over the course of the walk. Uh, the big thing, really, it's not so much a moment. It was simply the people. Mm. So Every single day, I'm meeting new people and... Uh, Getting to know their circumstances, and they weren't always nice towards me. I had a preacher pin me to the ground and pray what I think was a prayer of exorcism over me mm. because I was praying for unity. And then the next church I came to, extraordinarily hospitable. Uh, I remember one Pentecostal lady telling me she was the the preacher in the that particular church, and she just shook her head and said, "Sam, you know, years ago I was in a, a horrible relationship. Everything was going sour. Mm. Husband was alcoholic." She said, "I reached out to uh, to the leader of our church." He just patted me on the back and said, "Just pray about it. You'll be okay." And, and walked away. Mm. And she said, "How can how can Christians say things like that?" And the funny thing is, although this had nothing to do with me, mm. I actually apologized to her mm. and said, "I'm so sorry that that happened to you." Mm. And I said, "I'm really glad that you were able to find." help and assistance and that you didn't walk away from your faith and if anything your faith looks like it's grown and i said i'm glad you're okay yeah. and she just smiled and and said no sam god moves in mysterious ways and we had the most extraordinary conversation that that night over dinner yeah. her and her um her husband uh had she was married again now and they were offered incredible hospitality yeah. and we we spent the night in conversation and praying and just to see that in very simple ways those very Simple encounters simply through dialoguing um, and offering an apology, even when it's not necessarily our fault, can bring Mm -hmm. such incredible healing. It was also for me an incredible lesson in God's trustworthiness. There were so many times when faith filled people were Mm -hmm. telling me not to do something, and I genuinely felt that Christ was asking me to do it. And time after time, if I actually stepped out and did it, the fruit born from it was extraordinary. Now, Sam, I,
2: I know one of those times in listening to your story was was walking through a blizzard and, uh, and and right up in the north of America at a time of the year when you shouldn't have been doing it and you had the most amazing encounters with people and, and God getting you across this. And, and at the end of that process too, the blessings that came from your faithfulness and sticking to your journey when everything else was telling you to stop um, was incredible. Can you tell us a little bit about that encounter?
5: Yeah, the extraordinary thing here, this is in Wyoming in the United States, was that it was 148 kilometres between two towns. Now, that's three days worth of walking, and my water supply was frozen solid. It was minus 22 degrees Celsius in the middle of the daytime, dropping to about minus 35 at night time. And all the locals were saying, don't do it. They were faithful people. Yeah. They're saying, don't risk it. Your oh. mission's too important to would. risk it. Fair like, enough. And they're saying, you've already proved yourself. Mm. So I was going to catch the bus, but genuinely felt that God just said, trust me. Mm. And so I'd been through so much to that point, I figured, okay, I'll do this. So I uh, headed off to bed very early, got up before anyone could stop me and headed out across this particular place called Shirley Basin. And over three days, everything did go wrong. Water supply frozen solid, became severely dehydrated temperatures were bitterly cold, ended up with mild hypothermia. But every time something bad went wrong, a random Christian cowboy seemed to rock up in the middle of Shirley Basin <laughs> with exactly what I needed. And when I walked out the other Probably
2: side... Probably wondering what you were doing there just quietly. Well, up.
5: they were. I mean, the, the first guy I met, the very first thing he said to me was, what in the hell are you doing out here? And that was it. And that conversation went from there. Mm. Um, but they were fantastic. When I walked out the other side, I ended up Uh, been given extraordinary media coverage Mm -hmm. because I'd walked across this area in wintertime. And from there, it snowballed through the USA and Canadian media. Mm -hmm. It never really took off in Australia, but the media started to follow it, the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And from there, it took off across Europe and then even back into South and Central America where I'd previously walked. Uh, And so many more people were praying for unity as a result of that crossing and uh, putting myself through... (laughs) Through some not so nice situations over those three days, walking out the other side with mild hypothermia and a split foot, my left foot was bleeding really badly. I'd lost sensation in that, um, and yet the invitation went a lot further than I could have carried it. Mm.
2: Now, Sam, we're told in the scriptures by their fruits you will you will know them. What have been some of the fruits that have come about from this uh, this walk for one that you did?
5: Well, the extraordinary thing for me personally was that, yes, I saw a lot of the the fruits of unity, but I also got to experience the tragedy uh, of disunity Mm. and the sadness of that. And so that, I think, has really educated me in being compassionate to those around me and actually desiring to carry Christ's love into really difficult situations. I'm now given the opportunity to talk about my experiences overseas mm. in uh, between 100 and 120 high schools each year around Australia and New Zealand. Mm. Um, I work for a company called Harvest Inroads. We run alternative school list trips. We take high school students away to do mission trips uh, you can go to inroads.net if you want to check that out. Uh, and if you ever want to read the full story of the journey around the world, Garrett Publishing have just brought out my book, Walk for One, Paving a Path to Unity. Um, so that's been fantastic to see that heading out and just having random people come up to me to say they've read the book and to talk about the fruit in their own life as a result of hearing that story. Uh, for me, the biggest fruit has simply been my trust in God my faith in God, simply because of God's action in my life, I, I feel like God you know, kind of took that mustard seed and grew it. Um, quite an exceptional journey that I, that I was privileged to, and I'm just so grateful to God to now be able to share of the amazing things that God did on that journey. Mm.
2: Now, Sam, you did your walk from, from 2006 to 2008. It's a long time to be, to be walking, mate, an incredible journey. And since then, you know, certainly since um, Pope Francis has has become Pope in the Catholic Church, I've had a real sense within our tradition of reaching out in such a powerful way to all Christians to come together as one. And look, it's being received with open arms by so many churches and so many Christians across the world for us just to need to come together so that people will believe. What can we expect to hear from you on the journey? And what are your hopes about, you know... Christian radio and, and what you've got to say on Christian radio of bringing churches together
5: yeah it's an extraordinary opportunity at the moment because the journey towards a unified church I think is going to be very painful mm. uh, very difficult there are some very big bridges to cross there are a lot of broken bones to mend it's mm. not going to be easy it's going to take a, a lot of dialogue a lot of prayer uh, but a lot of love as well, and I think that 's the great thing at the moment is that there is at least a great openness to loving one another and beginning that journey. Um, the opportunity that I've been given to be able to share a little bit about the lessons I learned on the on the walk around the world is for me a great privilege and what i 'm hoping over the, the course of next year as we go through walking the walk on the radio is to share some of the stories from that journey around the world that were really challenging for me. And hopefully, they can be of some assistance to the listeners as we, we do continue that journey, not towards just church unity, but family unity, a, a unity within our community, and carrying Christ to those around us.
2: Well, Sam, thank you very much for sharing your story today. It's uh, it's an incredible story. I really encourage people to get a hold of the book through uh, through Garrett Publishing. If you'd like to find out more about Sam's walk, I'd encourage you to go to walk, W-A-L-K-4, the number 4, O-N-E dot com. that's walkforone.com, and also have a look there about getting a hold of his book. It's an incredible story, and I'm sure Sam, you'd agree with me and encourage everyone who's, who's listening in today and listening in regularly to your segments to keep praying for unity and let the Holy Spirit do its work in, in bringing Christian churches back together.
5: Indeed. It's beyond us, but it is certainly not beyond God.
2: Sam? Thanks very much for joining us down the journey, and thanks for all of your inputs that we're going to hear from you over the, over the course of the next 12 months.
5: Cheers, Jude. Absolute pleasure. God
1: bless. Wow, Jude, what an amazing interview, and mm. what an amazing young man. He sure is. So heroic what he did, prayerful, faithful. He was sick of the division, mm. Mm. the infighting. And I'll tell you what, Jude, he's right. How do we expect the world to believe in salvation, Jesus' love, and forgiveness when the church is divided? So his efforts to bring Christians together in prayer is so needed in the world today.
2: Yeah, there's no other way, Dave. When people come together in prayer, when Christians come together in prayer, disunity, well, it just dissolves. I'm a firm believer in in just the power of that. And praying for the desire for it too. That's important too, praying for that desire for it in our own hearts. Anyway.
1: Yeah, great, Jude.
0: Here are the missionaries of God's love with The Call.
4: These days when you visit many food shops... The shops are very happy to give you a free sample of their food, a small little taste, to try and stir up a hunger in you, a desire to come and buy their product. You often see this with ice cream shops, where they'll give you a free taste of any flavor you want, with the idea being that you'll become so captured by that flavor, you'll want to purchase the whole thing. Now as Christians, when we've had an experience of God, an encounter with God, or an experience of the Holy Spirit, we need to stop and ask why God has given this to us. It's very much the same idea. Saint Paul says that the Holy Spirit is a pledge of our inheritance. We could almost say that the gift of the Spirit is like the deposit on heaven, a foretaste of eternity. Now sadly, many Christians are happy to just keep going back for the free sample and never actually take hold of what is being given to us. The reason God gives us this this taste of eternity is so that we would sell everything and, and decide to be so captured by the love of God that we would give our whole life to following Him and serving Him. So if you have experienced something of God in your prayer, if you've had a taste of heaven through this experience of the Holy Spirit, allow the hunger to go deep in you. Allow it to capture you so that you'll sell everything and commit yourself to prayer until this becomes your normal state of being. I'm Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Find out more about us at mglpriestsandbrothers.org.
0: You're listening to the Journey: music, interviews, and wisdom for living life to the full.
4: You're listening to the Journey on radio.org.au.
0: And now with their tips for vibrant marriages and family life, here's Byron and Francine Parola with smart loving.
6: The Divine Rendezvous God and humanity are like two lovers who have missed their rendezvous. Each is there before the time, but each at a different place, and they wait and wait and wait. He stands motionless, nailed to the spot for the whole of time. She is distraught and impatient. But alas for her if she gets tired and goes away. The crucifixion of Christ is the image of the fixity of God. God is attention without distraction. One must imitate the patience and humility of God.
7: That quote was from Simone Weil, a 20th century French philosopher, Christian mystic and political activist. Hi, we're Byron and Francine Parola from Smart Loving, and today we're talking about The Divine Rendezvous.
6: What a beautiful image she describes. God waiting for us, the eternal lover. But what immediately struck us was the comfortable way in which God assumes the masculine persona and humanity the feminine. This is the prevailing imagery whenever mystics reflect on God as lover, and it asks the question, what distinguishes femininity from masculinity?
7: Some commentators have named it this way, the essence of masculinity is active initiation and the essence of femininity is active receptivity. Authentic masculinity initiates good, it initiates the dance of love and reaches out beyond itself, sacrificing himself in service of love for her.
6: Genuine femininity proactively and generously responds to the masculine initiative, surrendering herself in service and love, allowing herself to receive the good of the other, nurturing it, bringing it to birth in all its fullness. It is
7: impossible to reflect on the feminine except in the context of the masculine and vice versa like yin and yang the two mold and frame each other illuminating that which is unique in the other by their mutual complementarity each is of equal importance because without both humanity cannot be fully defined
6: for married couples while sexual complementarity is core to what draws us together like many things in life it is not without its complications our differences often misunderstood are a bit like those missed rendezvous we try to connect But standing in our different masculine and feminine states, we miss each other's meanings and intention.
7: With this in mind, it is helpful to take inspiration from God and, again, drawing on our French philosopher, remembering that truly enduring love also involves infinite patience. We're Byron and Francine Parola. For more relationship tips, visit smartloving.org. The Journey
0: with Dodsy and Dave
1: Great to hear from Byron and Francine Perola with their tips for vibrant marriages in the ever-popular Smart Loving segment. And this week, it was all about the divine rendezvous.
2: Yeah, great to have them on the show. And their website is full of heaps of simple tips for marriages, tips on being a better husband or a better wife, a bit of personal uh, tune-up for, for making your marriage the best it can be. So go to smartloving.org.au if you'd like to hear some more of their stuff.
1: Being a former mechanic, Jude, I know how important it is to have a good tune-up
2: were you a mechanic?
1: Oh, I sure was, mate, for 10 years. Seriously?
2: Yep. Can you fix me car?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> also in there was Father Dave Callahan with his segment, The Call, drawing us all into true daily discipleship.
2: Yeah, they're based in Canberra, the uh, missionaries of God's love, and we're going to be interviewing Father Dave on the show That's in right. a couple of weeks' time, which will be great.
1: And that brings us to the end of another week. Thanks so much for tuning into the journey. I hope everyone... Has a great week, and make sure you keep rugged up outside of the cold, eh, Jude?
2: Absolutely, and I encourage everyone who's listening who wants to jump on the Facebook page to give us a bit of feedback. Just look for The Journey Catholic Radio in your search engine, where you can also follow the links to listen to past shows of The Journey as podcasts. Now, if the show isn't being played on your local Christian radio station yet, you might like to give them a call. And just let them know that you'd love to hear the journey. Certainly, it's being promoted in lots and lots of places right around the country, in Catholic schools and churches and parishes. And it's great that we've got this input and are able to support our local Christian radio stations with some programming. Anyway, keep on listening in. If they're not, listen in via podcast or, of course, via live streaming.
1: Well, dude, next week on the show, we'll be doing it all again. Great music, interviews and inputs from all of our awesome presenters. Faith, hope, love and life. You've been listening to The Journey.
2: The Journey is produced by the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong in cooperation with Pulse 94.1 and edited by Jude Hennessy and Daniel Hopper from the Office of the Bishop.
5: Radio.org.au